The Lost Podcast, Episode 2. And I'm your host, Free Kicking Mark. Who else we got here? And today he's studying a philosophy in tank Hemingford Bulldog. Uh, I'm just running down the right wing. We have George Johnson. I'm just waiting for the right moment. It's Tom. <laughs> you can you can wait all you want, really. We're not on the clock or anything like that. <laughs> all right, we, right, we don't right. have Tim Nagel here, so I'm just going to kick him out. And um, we're going to continue Hi, this Tim podcast Nagel. without Tim Nagel. Oh, we do have him. We do have him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Just welcome back, the many millions who listened last week. It's a pleasure to have you back for the second innings. Get that, cricket? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, we're going to be discussing um, whether you should separate an artist from their art. And now... This thought, this uh, conversation stemmed from what I recently saw at uh, Burger Records. And for those who don't know, Burger Records were a record label in uh, California. Started, I think, like 2005, 2007. And uh, some good bands on that, to be fair. Um, have you got the Wikipedia page, Ham? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, 2007. They had some good bands, some bands I like, like the Black Lips are on there. I think Ty Segal released some stuff on them. They were basically an independent record label who used to, I think they released like mixtapes and cassettes that they just recorded originally, and they got big kind of doing that. Brian Jonestown released some stuff under them. Uh, Fiddler, those sorts of bands, those like SoCal bands, Naughties, Garagey, Punk sort of bands. And wait, have we lost someone? Oh, we've lost George. George is gone. He might be back. But anyway, so basically it came out around six months ago that the record label and the bands had basically been almost grooming underage girls. So they were kind of like letting these underage girls come to their gigs and uh, come to also like these parties that they used to host at their shop and would just give them alcohol. And a lot of them is it's pretty tragic, to be fair. A lot of them were sexually abused. And I don't want to go too much into it because it is pretty morbid. And uh, this all came out and it was kind of part of the Me Too movement. And a lot of people kind of came out and started speaking about what happened to them during, uh, you know, the time when they were like six. They were all pretty much underage and they were abused by mainly by the band members. I'm not sure if the people in the label actually had anything to do with it, but they were they were complicit, basically. And so the labels now shut down. And um what I wanted to talk to you guys about to see if like has would this happening ruin your view now on the artist would you now listen to their music in a different way or would you even be able to listen to their music have you guys um ever heard of Ryan Adams not Brian Adams the music <laughs> I think I'm thinking of Brian Adams I don't yeah. think I know Ryan Adams he, he was no, he's a songwriter that I really liked and he um, another really one of my favorite songwriters, Phoebe Bridges, um, basically came out and said Ryan Adams, like kind of like emotionally manipulated her and kind of like groomed her into the industry and was like kind of kind of like 
using his power over her, trying to get her in the door to be like forcing her into a relationship and making her uncomfortable and stuff. And it kind of, I, I didn't want, I always said like, I, you know, I probably sep- I could separate the art from the music, but whenever I listen to his songs, because they're so like songwritery and personal, mm. it like tarnished it for me. Cause I'm just like everything he's saying that I find relatable or would find relatable. I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to be related. I don't want to feel like. Yeah, yeah exactly. You you kind of, I think part of listening to music is kind of, you find some resemblance of yourself in the artist. If it's something you get on with, sometimes it's not some, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't, draw many parallels to myself and nwa but i do like their music <laughs> maybe maybe there are some parallels there just in terms of like anti-establishment mindset but even things like that like i think you do often draw some sort of similarities to yourself and an artist and that helps you to enjoy their music so when they do spoil whatever that you know do something like that that just kind of ruins tarnishes their image it can kind of make you hate them and not enjoy their music in the same way. There's so many unbelievably problematic people out there mm. who have done terrible things and created things which at, certainly at the time got unbelievable recognition because, you know, A, the problematic things weren't known and whatever they'd created was amazing. The thing, the thing I've had the most conflicted relationship over the course of the last few years is Michael Jackson. Yeah, of course. Who I think has created the best pop music of all time. And, and you know, Thriller is one of the greatest albums that will ever be released, just in terms of, you know, some of the songs that have been made within it. But I would be unbelievable, you know, how could anybody justify him being of any sane mind or, you know, being of anything which is anything positive to humans that he's met on an individual basis but he has touched people on a using that word colloquially um he's touched people sort of through his music <laughs> in a you know really really broad sense and you know, in, you know made made a lot of life made, made people happy through his music but made people unbelievably sore because of terrible things that he did but okay so he wasn't found to be guilty in that trial are you still assuming that he is 100% guilty and you're treating it as if he is i mean whether whether he was guilty for the what he was put up against then you know there's i think it was reasonably proven that there was some pretty dodgy shit going mm. on whether it was exactly yeah. as what was against what what exactly what the court said he wasn't a particularly nice person yeah okay fair enough like, however you look at it, he slept with children, whether it was sleepovers or just a fun time. Like, it's still yeah. pretty weird. And like, it's like the position of power to, to people who would respect you and idolize you. It's like abusing that in itself just is weird anyway. You know, it's not even if nothing happened with those kids and those families, like he still kind of convinced them all to like let their kids just hang out with him in this place he built. It's still weird, right? Yeah. And the position of power thing is interesting as well, because as the listener, you give the artist power. So it is hard to say with the MJ example, because he's dead. But say if it's just like some predator now who's done something really fucked up, then you obviously wouldn't support them as an artist or financially for what they're doing. Mm. But it's like for say example like r kelly 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. For years, was writing songs that like blur the lines of age, consent, and sex, sexuality in general, and everyone fucking ate it up. But it's but they didn't like, know what it meant. They didn't understand the metaphor. How did there. no one see that shit though? Have, like I looked at some of his albums before this, and like every single album has a questionable named song on it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, starting with one of his biggest ones, "Age is Just a Number." Who the fuck was like, "Yeah, cool, let's draw that." <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, it's true. But he he has been cancelled, hasn't he? He he has like yeah. been taken off um, Spotify completely. No, he's not. He's still on Spotify. Is he? Is he actually? Every single, every single album is still on Spotify. Oh my god, that's a no, perfect example yeah, of yeah. someone who hasn't been cancelled and like. And I have no idea why. Like everyone, like oh, not everyone. Yeah. I know loads of people that love Chris Brown. They're like, oh, Chris Brown, he's got some bangers. I'm like, he beat the shit out of Rihanna. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the, have you ever read like the court like transcript of like? Yeah, what it's horrible. The- it's absolutely it's disgusting. Nuts. Releasing like number one singles every fucking week on TikTok. Like, I don't. I have no idea how he's got away with it. But well, I think it's down like the artist and the the relationships you build with an artist. Like we were saying at the beginning you like emotionally connect with a piece of art or music album or the artist becomes so hard. If you've had that feeling about something Like you listen to an album, you thought, Oh, I love this. And then down the line, you find out that they've done something horrible. It's kind of hard to just be like, I'll abandon those feelings I had previously about it. Yeah. Now, I think the reason I mentioned Burger Records at the start is because, firstly, I, th- I think the first Burger Records artist that I found that abused, that was like an abuser, was I listened to a band many years ago called the Orwells, if you know them. And I was like, it I listened to some well. tunes and I was like, oh, yeah, these are kind of cool. And then I looked up, uh, look into them a bit, and they were kind of found. The, the singer was known for being a bit of a pedo. And um, I, I don't think Berger had been taken down yet, but he was a, a very sketchy figure. And then that instantly, I haven't listened to them since, even though I like some of the tunes, I was just like, right, dead. I don't care. I'm not going to listen to a pedo. And a lot of these other artists at, at Berger Records, so like the Black Lips, I really like some of their songs. And like some of the stories I read about them as well. And they're all on a, this Instagram page called Lured by Berger, I think it is, that one of the girls started who was abused. So if you want to, you can go and read those stories, but they are pretty horrible. Uh, so yeah, so they were one of them. And um, who else? The Growlers as well. I always like the Growlers. Really? And yeah, I read a story about the Growlers. Uh, and that one was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the worst one, but it was still, you know, it's enough to put you off a band. But all these bands that were kind of like um, abusers in this, in this scenario, they're, they're bands I liked, then they're not bands I loved, right? They're, they're bands that I would listen to and always enjoy, but never like would just kind of like sit down and just listen to an album and want more and more and more. Whereas, and this is what we you were saying about Chris Brown, is like look at like Led Zeppelin, like Jimmy Page was known to date like a 14 year old. And I know it's back in the day and it's different, but still, it's not cool. Like you can't go dating 14 year olds, but I'm still going to listen to them. He's like, one of my favorite guitarists ever. They're one of my favorite bands. They're one of the greatest bands. Same with David Bowie. He did some very sketchy things. Steven Tyler, if anyone cares about him, stuff like that. But they're they're so great that they eclipse like all these dark things that they've done. Whereas like someone like 
you know, Fiddler. I, I don't know if Fiddler were actually involved in it, but like the Growlers, for instance, even though it wasn't even probably as bad as what Bowie and Jimmy Page did, it puts me off them way more than than what what the greats did just because i prefer their music so much no matter what they do i cannot like i, I just i wouldn't be able to let go because i just love their music too much and the difference there to the, sorry go on tim is the difference there the how bad it was versus what the culture was at that point or is the difference there how much you like versus or sort of how significant that band is to you are you asking me that? Are you saying that? Is it oh, well, a hypothetical question? But yeah, what do you think? Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm saying that I agree. Like the culture was different back then for sure, but like yeah. I'm pretty sure back in the 70s it wasn't cool to be banging 14 year olds. It was still very dubious. You know what I mean? It was still a crime. <laughs> like maybe you could get away with it. They'd be like, "This is all fine, right? Everyone's cool with this." It would still be fucking weird. Yeah, it was still taboo for sure, and like. And it's also like the culture. You can say what you want about the culture. If I was famous and had all the power in the world and it was socially acceptable, I don't think I'd be banging 14-year-olds. They're still <laughs> messed up to be doing it in the first place. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I think like it, the culture is almost like a cop-out because it's like at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that like these artists have done is inherently bad. And whether it was considered more socially acceptable isn't really the point mm. because at the end of the day it's still saying a lot about that kind of person and the stuff that they're willing to do whether they can get away with it or not almost doesn't really like matter as much like i i get that it's like maybe a slightly more normalized but it's something like fucking banging a 14 year old is never was never normalized certainly not back in the 70s anyway mm. it was acceptable for some reason that we don't know because we're millennials and we're you know progressive and woke but yeah Sorry, it's, a thing. it's like it's like jimmy savile like when you hear about the deep like not the details but like the the history of how how that whole situation went down it sounds like a lot of very powerful people knew what was going on and didn't say anything because of how famous he was it mm. and it's like harvey weinstein as well it's like it's weird how if, you, if you're big enough it's like the avalanche that would happen if someone tried to pull that rug from underneath you or if or if you you know would get in trouble for trying to do anything you know imagine years ago trying to you know call harvey weinstein out and and try and like really push that i'm sure he's got a lot more money and would slam you down quicker than and there's a lot of people that are already hiding it do you know what i mean it's it's dark it's pretty horrible to think about yeah but do you reckon it would be different if jimmy savile had written some fat albums probably, like probably. if he if he had written i don't know like <laughs> the entire of Radiohead's back catalogue. Do you reckon people would still kind of like him? <laughs> no, I don't. And think so. Jim will fix it. Was actually Jimmy Page. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But that's what I mean. You don't think people would? I don't think so. No. I think I mean, there's a, and I think like Michael Jackson is is someone that is on that because he's not convicted. That's what I lo like. Loads of MJ fans always say it's like, well, it's not proven, and it's mm. like okay, yeah, but if he was alive, you know, who knows if it would be proven or not. And, you know, I don't feel like, like you said earlier, you can't, like George was saying, you can't rely on whether it's proven or whether it was acceptable at the time. Like, you've just got to go off, it was wrong. Or, you know, you know in your heart what you think is right and wrong, right? You know, I, I whether Michael Jackson, you know, abused children, I, I've always decided, well, he was definitely weird enough with them for me to not respect him. 
Like it, it definitely makes me feel uncomfortable about him. Mm. I, and I agree with that fully. Like it definitely makes me uncomfortable and makes me think that he was definitely a shitty human being. Well, that's what I think anyway. But does that make, do I still enjoy his music? Yes, I do. And like, do I, do I still, would I still put it on? Yes. But like, would I be less, in, I'm like def- definitely less inclined to put it on than I would be otherwise. You, like, you wouldn't I would dress say, up like him anymore like you used to. <laughs> you wouldn't wear the glove and the hat. Um, <laughs> like I, I would listen to his, I'd listen to like Michael Jackson's music still and enjoy it loads. And I don't even think about it. But if I saw a Michael Jackson poster or like someone with a Michael Jackson tattoo, I'd be a bit like, Ugh. I don't know. It's, it's weird how that's different to other artists. It's yeah, so, like going, oh, you go, go for it. Honey. Like going back to like the, the classics, like Led Zeppelin, Bowie, the doors, all questionably immoral. It's weird that they're all considered like cultural cornerstones from that era, but it's almost like brushed over. Same with Beatles. Yeah, John Lennon too, I was going to say. Yeah, it's just brushed under the carpet. And it's like, no one gives a fuck. No one gives the slightest fuck. Do you remember when it was the 2012 Olympics or whatever? They had this whole, like, imagine John Lennon and they all, like, painted his face out of people. Like, yeah. And you're like, surely you know as the government. Like, do it for it's, Paul or, like, George or someone. Like, yeah, if you want to really least. do that, don't do it for the guy who was, like, extremely abusive to his kids and his wife and like you know overall a pretty bad human being you're just kind of immortalizing like a pretty tragic person but yeah it is interesting that just some some like work of art is like more like outside the realm of being scrutinized than if it other. gets to s tier yeah it's invincible. yeah it's just like you can't it's almost like transcended all other morals and ethics like you can just do whatever you want really it's true though and that's what i think tom was saying about chris brown is he he reached that level where people love him so much and not only people love his music but people have bought into his image so much they're like oh he's so handsome oh look at him oh he's so cool or whatever yeah it's like he can do whatever the fuck he wants now just because he's reached that status that he could you know what Donald Trump said about like I could go into Wall Street and shoot someone in the head and I'd still have all my supporters. It's that kind of thing. It's yeah, like it's crazy. They've, they've drawn such an attachment. They've made such an attachment with these people that like they can just get away with murder, literally. Without without sounding horrible as well. Like I, I'm not saying that you know that if it was any other girls that Chris Brown's probably almost definitely abused at this point. Like it's it's Rihanna as well. It's like an icon. Yeah. People yeah, that exactly. love Chris Brown also love Rihanna. It's like. It's, you know, it's like what I don't, it's crazy that he's got, I just find that the most fascinating thing culturally, Chris Brown, because, because it's current and it's like happening in our lifetimes. Like it's unraveling as we're, his music's still coming out and he's still still coming out and he's still making number ones. Yeah. But that's a, that's a really good point. Is that like, it's not just someone we don't know and don't care about quote unquote, but um, it's someone that loads of people love, like equally amount equal amounts of people love rihanna i reckon if not more and yet he still managed to get away with it still in the industry still one of the big dogs in the industry and still puts out music and has millions of listeners billions even yeah it's crazy it's really crazy so 
I was thinking when you brought up this topic, it's not music related, but it's still on topic, is um, the first thing that came to my head was Roman Polanski. Yep. I don't yep, know if you one. guys know what the story of Roman Polanski, but he bas- he raped a 13-year-old girl. He, he raped a 13-year-old girl and pleaded guilty. Um, and then left. Um, that was in, I can't remember what country that was in. Uh, but he basically fled the country and now lives in France and continues to make films and his films are still uh, very well regarded. So this guy is literally somebody who has pled guilty to the charge of raping a minor and still makes movies. And I was thinking about it and like, I've seen like he did like Chinatown and The Pianist, are mm. two movies he's done that I think are really, really good movies. Um, and I was like thinking, I was like, would I recommend these movies to somebody because I've seen them and I think they're really, really good films. But would I say to somebody, like if somebody asked me, is Chinatown a good movie? I would, I say to them, yes, but don't watch it. Or do you know what I mean? Like, and just like, but I didn't, but I never really thought about like what you're bringing up in terms of like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Bowie, like huge artists that I am really big fans of. And like, would definitely have discussions about albums from these bands and, Mm recommend them to people and like literally advocate to listen to them so it's weird because it's like there are certain cases where like or like where it's it's kind of like at the forefront of their public image it's like everyone who knows roman polanski knows what roman polanski did everyone who knows chris brown knows what chris brown has done but not everybody that listens to led zeppelin or listens to Bowie knows about these things. Yeah, Therefore, they're just like kind of completely accepted. So it's really it would make weird a big difference standards. if they did um, know. It. No, I don't. Nec- I don't necessarily think it would make it. Now it's too late. No, now I think you know it, people are always going to listen to the Bowie or for as example. Like nobody's going to stop listening to him just be, because it's more publicly known. But would they then be pushed so hard in the mainstream like media as being these like legends? I don't know. I'd like to think a little bit less. Yeah, I um, I, I see what you're saying about Roman Polanski, and I agree. However, I think for some reason, because he's a director, it's less personal. You're watching his movie. If he was like also the lead actor in it, I would probably feel like who's an actor with like some big controversy. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I, I watched uh, I watched Seven the other weekend as well. Um, and I What's still in the box. And I still enjoyed it. (laughs) I still enjoyed it just as much. And I didn't actually think about what he had. I mean, okay, he's playing a serial killer, so it's kind of fitting. (laughs) You're not meant to like him, you know what I mean? And what's a role? The usual suspects he's really liked. Like, you're kind of like, he's doing bad shit, but he's very, very admired in that movie. And the movie is like, is Kevin Spacey, you know? Yeah. It's is is just him. But then that's like. I would still watch it and I would still really, really enjoy it, but I don't like, it's not cool what he's done and I don't support him. And actually that one was really, I remember when that came out being like, damn, this is the first person that's like in the, it, it, from like the Me Too movement and stuff like this happening. This is the first person that I've genuinely been a really, really big fan of. Mm. And my now opinion of them has been completely tarnished. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I still watch his movies? Yes. Do I, kind of like but do i am i a kevin spacey fan now like yes but in a very very different way almost in a way that i'd be like almost ashamed to be a fan of his acting because i'm a fan of his acting Mm. but i'm not a fan of him as a person yeah 
Yeah. But I don't feel like that with Bowie or Led Zeppelin, like you were saying. Tim, how, Tim, how do you feel about um, Michael Jackson? Because you were saying you were like, you know, you're obviously like a huge Michael Jackson fan and you obviously didn't know the whole time you were a Michael Jackson fan. It's a weird because because you know when you, you everyone always knew he was a bit dodgy, and it just seems that at every year passes that you find out that he is probably just as dodgy as we thought he was, but you sort of park those thoughts away mm. because <laughs> out, conveniently, oh well, he writes great music, um, <laughs> until it becomes gets to a point where you, we think, oh no, this is getting a bit uncomfortable now. He's actually a really really nasty person. Um, uh, genuinely, I think. There have been times where I've listened to his music and I've managed to part that stuff away. There have been times where I've put his music on, you know, I've put it with, with other people and I've seen people in my company be visibly uncomfortable with the fact mm-hmm. that that music is playing in their living room. And, you know, really, really, and it just sparks a conversation about how awful that person is, you know, that, per- that, per- that, that person is. I, I still, you know, you want to sort of think that objectively, I still think Thrill is the greatest pop album that will ever be made. And I think Michael Jackson is a nasty person. And I think if the question is, you know, can you separate the art from the person? I think on the, in, in those circumstances, I can. That can hate the person, respect the art there. Um, but at the same time, there's just always a layer of uncomfortability about you know where where one lies between the two. It's almost as if if the art is so great, it manages to overshadow the like person's kind of misdeeds. If it is to a certain level and it is so good, then you but can. But that's just... like, that's insane. Like, I do agree. It is with insane. You. Like, that, it is insane. That is, yeah. I do agree with you in the sense of like, that is kind of the way that this is treated to some extent. Like, people, some people are just allowed to get away with it because they are considered a really good artist and have loads of fans and are really popular. But that's like completely insane. That's like such a mental double standard. Of course it is. Yeah. That like, that is perfectly acceptable. Well, it's, like, it is just accepted whether it's perfectly acceptable or not, you know, but it is accepted in society for people to listen to Michael. Jackson music. I wouldn't think that if I went and played somewhere a Michael Jackson song that people would really yeah, everyone would it. love it. Maybe people, yeah, people it. would people would enjoy it. You know, it's a good song. But then it's like, should should we do that? Is that okay? Just because they are so so talented, does that forgive them of what they've done? No, not be the whatsoever. Who like goes to turn off like the song that everyone's loving? Like I've had that before with like Chris Brown. Like where he comes on and I'm like, why are we listening to this? Like especially this because he's horrible. And no one, like, I'm not going to go and turn it off. No one's going to turn it off. It's just like a weird, you know, you're not going to go unplug Michael Jackson, you know, or Jackson 5 track if it's playing at a party or something. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe somebody has that person on that plinth that you don't think about because does that's, that's, that's somebody's taste. Yeah, Chris Brown, Chris Brown could be on that same plinth as Bowie. And who are we to judge? Mm. Who are we to judge if you think that, Jimmy Savile was just actually a really, really good broadcaster. I know he was a bit bad, but he was a really good broadcaster. Yeah, it sort of opens up that kind of thing that, um, you know, if, if you start thinking that somebody's personal opinion or quality their art is... Yeah, I, fe- I feel like... Any other, do you see where I'm going with this? I feel like there is a point of no return, though. Like, look, uh, at, look at Phil Spector, for instance, who pretty much made the 60s, put out all the great hits you'll hear in the 60s came from a sound that he produced like you know all those like like the producer here of the wall of sound and this whole new sound that he introduced into pop uh, culture in the 60s and which like the beatles obviously clinged on to and then he even produced them at some points 
but then he was a pretty terrible human being pretty sure he you know raped a few people and then in the end ended up killing his i think it was his housekeeper or something like that um he's one of the greatest producers ever he will always be one of the greatest producers ever we will always listen and this is kind of uh uh george going into what you were saying about polanski is it's it's more separate you'll listen to things that phil specter has produced but you're not going to listen to but you you wouldn't probably listen to him if he was the one singing on it anymore but you'll listen to stuff he's produced now um and it's different it's like it's like being a director in a film you're not in direct contact with that person doing the misdeeds so you can kind of ignore it and carry on it's it's like um it's like what you were saying with with them being like with a director or harvey weinstein like those productions are so big like there's so many people involved in that like there's so many creative inputs to that those projects or not like albums are harder because it's like usually a personality and like it's they're like you know they're trying to inject some of them themselves in the music but like a film production that like kevin spacey was in you know there's hundreds of people that put loads of work into that and like are all those you know it kind of makes it easier for me to like accept those things yeah because that's a good point I can that's true appreciate that he was just one small part of like a huge machine there but i don't know if i agree with you on polanski jesse because um, I don't think being a director is at all all that separate from your craft. Like, I, obviously, I get it's different to Michael Jackson singing a Michael Jackson song, but like Roman Polanski would have he wrote his scripts, so mm. essentially it would be like the equivalent of reading a book by an author that has done terrible, terrible things. And it's like J.K. That, I, that I think is almost yeah, like yeah, like she she said some she's pretty been bad cancelled. She, she has been she has been cancelled. And like, that's like, almost in a way, almost more personal than music in, in a different way, because you're like reading their stories and like creating these like characters and these scenes in your head. And you're like using your own um, imagination in a completely different way to the way that you would listen to music that I still think it's like, I don't know, it's, it's strange how it's different across the mediums. Because, yeah, it's like, I don't really know. I mean, that is a very good point. But I still think when I'm watching a film, like if I'm if I'm reading a book, I definitely feel kind of like there's less there's less lines of separation between me and the author than if I'm watching a movie and the director. I feel like it's way more direct. You're reading what he has written down on a page. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're someone else is reading out his lines and then you're reading it through them. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that is something to think about is um, how far can you go before you can get away with it? And like I was saying, there is a, there is a point of no return, for instance, like you, you do something too bad. And I think that does tarnish your image forever. Such <laughs> right. This is, this is a bit of a different one because obviously none of us like the music now, but when I was younger, I used to love lost profits and um I often still listen to the bands I like back, like Good Charlotte. I listened to them recently just because I used to love them and listen to them like religiously as a kid. Same with, uh, I don't know, Alexis on Fire, for instance. But anyway, I often go back to bands that I loved as a kid for sentimental value. I'm sure we all do. Mm. I've never once been back to Lost Profits. Not once, not to hear it again, see if it sounds different. Since I found out about Ian Watkins, I've just said no. Like, 
East Dead, that band are dead. You know, I'm not going to enjoy their music today anyway, but just for sentimental value, he's killed that. I knew a guy that had a Lost Prophets tattoo at college. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's we so bad. As we were all at college, and he'd got the tattoo, like, it was like that year he got the tattoo. Oh, like, like, wow. Again, tattoos and shit, and he was... I oh, just poor fucking guy. What a fucking. Well, idiot. speaking of tattoos, Beth has R. Kelly lyrics tattooed on her as well. No, she does not. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. Yeah. Wow. Which ones, Henry? Which ones? Uh, they're in Spanish, so I actually don't know. Oh, okay. We translate up on them. I had a um, I had a girlfriend at sixth form who um, had a Lost Prophets band poster up on her wall and this is when you know the the revelations came out and i remember that that poster stayed up probably longer than it needed to <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember waking up at that place and sort of looking up and literally the first thing that i'd see when i'd wake up like literally dead straight on and just seeing watkins face and he's like did you mention it <laughs> oh yes yeah oh did you <laughs> She's no. it's not just when i woke up when i saw it trust me still i think the real crime there is listening to lost prophets when you're in sixth form <laughs> we don't Amen. judge here everyone we don't judge <laughs> we judge peter for, like we we do judge there is that <laughs> 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 clear that we don't endorse any of these bastards oh so you're saying you shouldn't separate an artist from their art me yes oh man it's so complicated isn't it like yeah i could never listen to like Michael. did you ever like them back in the day uh i didn't like them but i you know i would have they would have been on the playlist and the same with michael jackson like i love listening to that stuff and like tim said it just feels like i can listen to that now and enjoy it but in the back of my mind i'm thinking like ugh, it's weird like there is there is a line where I will listen and support. And there's a line where I kind of still hear the tracks if it comes on and shuffle, but I'm like reluctant to, it just, it, it comes up in my head and ruins it. Yeah. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to draw like a, I don't think I'll pick a side and be like, you should not, you should separate them. You shouldn't because like there are times where I'm like, I don't want to give money to those people. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to know that like the, the guys who, you know, I don't know, know if they're like if he's even alive anymore or what that guy's doing in what I hope, I hope he's suffered. I hope he's been shanked up good. I have a feeling he might have committed suicide, but I don't know. No, I think he's still popping. Well, like, I don't want it to be giving him money, right? I don't want to be Yeah, that's another thing. That, I don't know, I don't know how that works. Um yeah. I th- I think we're getting near the time limit. I wanna yeah, I, I wanna so. round it up. I wanna just cause one of the other things that inspired me to for us to have this discussion is uh the stuff that's been going on with ariel pink if any of you know that so if not for the audience um ariel pink is a uh a dream pop producer from kind of i would say like teenies noughties but he's kind of his own thing he's made some some really great albums and um this is the thing his music you would it's like the soft boy music you would you would just assume he's left wing you know he di- he's very feminine dyes his hair pink he you know dresses up in drag and then 
the other week when there were all those uh, capital um, riots, he was seen there and he was like making, and he's done some dodgy things in the past. He's got a few controversies, but um, he was seen at these capital riots and he didn't go in. I think he was just on the outside. I thought he went in, but he didn't. And he was seen there. And because of that, he his label dropped him and they were like, we want nothing to do with you anymore. Um, and then <laughs> the next thing he does is he goes on Fox News on late night with a who else but Tucker Carlson, and he's there like crying. To, <laughs> you can't cuck the tuck, and he's there like crying to Tucker Carlson. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't." But yeah, so he got cancelled by his record label, and I, I still really like his music, you know. But it's just really surprising to me that he is a Trump fan because everything about his music says the opposite to me and it's kind of told me maybe i like i thought i knew this guy i thought i got what he's about but it's told me maybe i have no idea what this guy's about and it's kind of i look at it in a different way but i'm saying you know should i i I can still listen to this guy just because he's a trump fan everyone has their own right to believe in whatever i might think he's an idiot but like um maybe it's a bit unfair that he got cancelled so abruptly yeah, I'm not sure cancelling, but I think there's an expectation with artists that they be ethical, moral, like virtuous. They be something you look up to. Back to a point you made earlier with like hip hop and stuff. Those songs are just about like killing people or like misogyny or selling drugs, all which are immoral. But I honestly still going to listen to it because i like hip-hop mm-hmm. i think i think if going back to ariel pink like that's actually something i really disagree with in the sense of like um i understand if the record label dropped him because they thought his music is going to be listened to by left-wing people and therefore like mo- monetary wise they don't think that he's going to be like a good artist to invest in anymore and also but he could if, tarnish their image i guess yeah and he could tarnish their image but at the same time i'm like that does seem too far for me because it's like well this person like what like you know whether you're left wing or right wing and like you go and like attend the protest and like it's very possible that that person could have gone and attended that protest of not i don't know was the protest set up with the sole intent of storming the capital or was it just to stand outside and cause a fuss yeah i think it was yeah but like, well, I don't, I don't know. But if that person was just there just to stand outside and cause a fuss because they're a Trump fan, I don't know if somebody should be dropped off their label and cancelled because they're a Trump fan, even though I don't agree with that, because that's just almost seems... That's their incentive, though, isn't it? The label could be like, well, if we're keeping this guy on, we're going to lose some of our following because they don't want well, us that's... to think we're complicit with this right-wing ideology. Well, that, that I completely understand because that re- kind of record label is going to have a left-wing following. So then just from like a business sense, I understand why why they would do that. But And I would agree with that in a business sense. But in terms of like a moral sense, like should this person, just because they have differing views to, um, differing views to myself, then should I like not listen to their music and not think that they should be given the opportunity to make music? No, that seems ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think it, the idea is quite funny of like all these right wingers being like, "Yeah, he's one of us. Let's listen to him." And then like playing Ariel Pink, like another weekend, out of... and being like, "What the fuck is this, bro?" <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, let's leave it there today because I think we've run over again what we want to do. But it's hard because it's so enjoyable talking to all of you. 
Um, we managed to make it to the end of this without being too facetious about a very serious topic, which is good. Just wait, we'll get cancelled by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, someone's probably stepped out of line. Before we go, don't leave now, Tim. Just checking. Okay, he stayed. That's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Hemi, you tell us about your album of the week. But ding 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 did it ding album recommendations week two. Yeah, so uh, this week we went for Cole's Corner by Richard Hawley. There's three reasons why I chose this. Mm-hmm. First, Richard Hawley singing is like having a bath and hot treacle. That man is gifted. <laughs> that man is fucking gifted. This album is from 2007, I think. Not 2005, sure. I think. Oh, 2005, okay. This is fact check me. I'll carry on while you fact check. Uh, yeah, it's like rock and rolly, it's bluesy, it's jazzy. It's got a few country e songs in it, and I just love every single one of the songs. 05, yeah. 05, nice. Close. Uh, second reason. Well done, George. Yeah, sorry. It was the week of love this week. <laughs> We had Valentine's Day and oh, that's very true. This album is like the feelings of love encompassed into an album. It's just like makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Mm. Three, this goes out to loving my homeboys right here. <laughs> Cole's Corner itself is a place in Sheffield, and it's like a place where people would like go congregate and hang out. And like in the lyrics in the first song, he like talks about like wanting to go out and like hear people, hear noise, hear music, like go on a date, all that stuff. And it's just quite a poignant album at the moment, like with everything going on. Just like want to go out and just like give Jesse a big wet kiss. I want to receive that kiss. <sighs> so hopefully bloody soon. Hopefully. Well, I, yeah, thought, I thought what one did you guys it. think? I loved it. I thought I've never listened to that. I've only listened to Standing really? on the Sky's Edge. But I fucking loved that album. I was thought it was a great recommendation we'll be listening again i thought it was like very kind of rockabilly sort of like ricky nelson sort of stuff but yeah i loved it i'm a massive fan of the album already um i'm a massive richard hawley fan i think uh i agree i don't understand how he was in pulp for so long when they have a vocalist i'm not really a fan of and then And then, um, yeah, like he was in Pulp for ages, not really a fan of Jarvis Cocker, not really a fan of Pulp. And then Richard Hawley goes and does the solo stuff and turns out he's like the most amazing singer. But he just never really sung when they were doing Pulp. I never understood it. But yeah, I love the album. I was really happy that you recommended it because I hadn't listened to it in quite a while. And it was just really nice just to give it another go. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Hawley is something which is largely passed me by it's been sort of something which has been i've known it's there been there about so i've known the odd track but i've never really delved into it um and genuinely like sitting down and having like i listened to it about three or four times in the last week and probably yeah i wouldn't have listened to it to it three or four times if i hadn't really liked it the first time around like i mean i think the, the songwriting the melodies that he has you know the orchestration of you know, the sort of different layers of guitars and sort of some orchestral stuff as well is just like, and it's some of the, some of the sort of tones of the music sort of throughout 
does nice. yeah, first thing, a lot of the songs in in tone count did you lose me there yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah you came back it. at a perfect point it's fine <laughs> uh it's so well as well uh well, where, where did you hear to just, just carry on man i think we got yeah everything. fine um yeah i think like there was there's a point where uh yeah sort of by the third or fifth this in you know someone i mean i'm just intrigued to listen to more richard hawley because some of the songs i feel do follow in quite a sort of similar fashion similar tone similar orchestration but i, I just feel that you know a lot of his other albums you can see him reinventing himself quite a lot and um, through, yeah. through the different songs that he produces but yeah no i'm um, well worth recommendation really enjoyed it yeah i'll be quick but i've, I've never heard of richard Hawley before um and this album was super super chilled and like like Hemi said it was super like romantic and in like maybe nostalgic for like going out and i think maybe the album artwork even like made me think of like brighton and going going out and just being around people and life and it kind of remind me of like what um lou reed and like leonard cohen mm. vocally in a way like if they yeah, weren't definitely rest it would be like those if they were a bit more happy and, and I, I i definitely would like tim listen to it like like a few times throughout the week like over and which i wouldn't have done if i you know didn't like really like to be in that vibe so definitely um, yeah well, i'm glad you all liked it there's also um i don't know if you've listened to it but he did a set with the philharmonic orchestra as well which is really cool and worth a listen i'm definitely going to listen to more of him because i yeah, really enjoyed it I'd try, try. You should try low edges. That's a really good one to try. Okay, on. is that your recommendation? Oh, no, you've had yours already. No, I've had. All one. right. Do, has anyone got a recommendation they would, before we end this? We would uh, that they would like to recommend for next week. Has anyone I'm, got one on mind? This album right behind me. I, what is that? 